Welcome to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ, where you'll dig deep into God's Word alongside two imperfect, frequently ineloquent women as we discover fresh ways to walk out God's truth together. Welcome back to the Sojo Show. This is Jen, and I am here with AJ. Hello, everybody. And we have an interesting podcast today because it's about a story that you may or may not be familiar with. Yes, it's, it's going to be a good one. We drug it out of the Old Testament. Like, That's right. One chapter, one chapter of the Old Testament. Yep. Drag we it right dove deep it. to find it too. <laughs> drag it right it's a treasure. It's, it's part of our current Bible study on the Old Testament pointing towards the New Testament, in particular, Romans 8. And so it's going to be fun. But before we get started, I do have a question. Okay. I'm trying to remember what the question is. (laughs) Well, you're going to have to think hard because I certainly don't know what it is. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So it's not really a direct correlation, but we can make it work because it's got to be better than the than the, <laughs> then the Easter peeps. <laughs> if you guys missed that, go back like two episodes and listen to it because yes, I, I was trying real hard to steer it into the direction of biblical relevance. Yeah, bronze serpent episode. That's right. The bronze serpent episode. Go listen to it, the first few minutes of it. It's hilarious. Okay. So here's my question for you. Tell us about some of, or one or more of the but at least it seemed at the time strict rules that you had as a child <laughs> were given to you by your parents. Uh, or maybe you okay. put them on yourself. I don't know. Oh, oh. No, I don't think I did that. But I did have some that my parents put on us besides like don't stick your finger in the light socket, you know, that kind of thing. One of the rules that I always questioned because I felt it was so unfair they're always and unfair. Also, they're always unfair. Whether they're, they're, they're always unfair. unfair. Not, but. If you're if you're under the age of eighteen, <laughs> they're unfair. Even <laughs> under the age of twenty one, you know they're unfair. <laughs> but this one really did not make sense to me, and that is that we, the girls in our family, so I have two sisters, we were not allowed to wear pants or shorts. And the reason for that is because they felt, my parents felt like that was something that males should wear and not females. Now that was their personal belief. It, you know, whatever. But we, as you know, as long as we lived in their home, we had to abide by that. And we went to, because we went to a private Christian school, the dress code there was girls wore skirts and dresses. And so I literally did not own any pair of pants until I was in high school. And I borrowed a pair of jeans from my friend and ended up keeping them. (laughs) And I remember, yes, I, I stole them, but it was with her permission. And I remember one night we had like this bonfire with kids over from school for a party and I had to ask my parents if I could wear jeans to the bonfire. Oh, I thought so. you were going to say you burned a skirt. <laughs> I, had a I, had a, I had a dress burning party. <laughs> Oops, look at that. <laughs> uh, so, so they let so you simple. wear the pants. They let you wear the jeans to the bonfire. They did. I made a very, I made a very passionate and logical request. And I was able to wear jeans for one oh. night. I find this very fascinating. I don't really want to go down this road too far because 
I don't, I, I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause we'll get off in the weeds. Yes. Yeah. We know. <laughs> yeah. But it's really interesting, isn't it? You know, what's even more interesting because I know you. Okay. Yeah. You and know, you I, wear pants. Wear, I do not wear dresses. Like you ever. do not wear dresses at all <laughs> or skirts at all. I no. didn't realize it was a, it was an overcorrection from your youth though. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is like, I wore dresses. Like I, I really didn't wear pants because after I got married, I got married at 20. So I went off, I worked in the, in the, as a CPA, as a professional, I wore dresses, dresses, dresses. And then once I moved overseas, I ditched the dresses because I couldn't like, it was so hot where we lived. I could not stand wearing a dress and like sweating in it. So I wore clothes that I felt like I wouldn't care if I sweated in. (laughs) So that was the end of that. (laughs) That was the end of my dress and skirt days. (laughs) Wow. And you never went back. Okay. Well, that is interesting. Okay. I could, we could continue on this path, but I'm going to stop us. I'm going to stop us here. Someone is saying thank you. (laughs) Because I know, right. Because I just, I have still so many questions. I'll ask them off the air. How about that? Okay. Um, That sounds Because I'm just so fascinated. But the reason that I even asked you this was because of the story that we're going to be telling. Yeah. And the story. Yeah. I'll tell you the story. Okay. So here's the story. The story. And here's the funny thing. I keep in my mind, because I said this once, I cannot stop saying it. I keep saying, (laughs) you know what I'm going to say? Because I've said it to you multiple times. The story. I keep saying the Jacobites. That is not who we're talking about. (laughs) The Jacobites, you know, the 1700s Scottish Jacobites. No, it's not them. Jacobites. It's not them. It's the <laughs> Rechabites. We're going to talk about the Rechabites. Do you guys know the Rechabites? Yes. No, we want to know if you guys right. know. Yeah. Do you know about them? Okay. So they are in this chapter in Jeremiah chapter 35. Okay. So it, Jeremiah, obviously, a it's a prophet of the Old Testament. This He was, his time was like be, before and during the Babylonian exile. Okay. And I think that this particular story happened before the Babylonian exile. Okay. So anyway, regardless, and what happened was the Rechabites were this group of, why am I explaining this? You wrote this part. Why am I telling the story? No, because I just ramble for like 10 minutes telling my story. Okay. So, so super turn. quick, I'll tell the story super quick and then you can <laughs> talk about it. So the Rechabites were like these, I kind of think of them kind of like gypsies. They're like, they were kind of like nomad. Yeah, nomadic. They yeah. were nomadic. Well, they ended up in Jerusalem because of the whole Babylonian thing. And they, anyway, they ended up in Jerusalem. And what happened was, what happened was God told Jeremiah, who I often confuse with Nehemiah, not to be confused, completely separate points in history. Yes. Um, it's a shame their names are so close. So regardless, Jeremiah, God told him to invite the Rechabites, all the Rechabites, into Jerusalem and offer them wine to entertain them, offer them wine, whatever. So they get, so he gets there, he invites them all in. He asked them, to, do you want some wine, which is just hospitality, blah, blah. And they said, no, because we were told by our ancestors, by our, our fathers, our forefather, we were told not to do that. And apparently they were told um, it was kind of a, a, for simplistic living, they were told not to drink wine and not to build houses and not to, you know, all these kind of rules. Well, so they said, no, they they stuck to the rule. The rule was don't drink wine. Okay. 
And so the, the not not from God. This was not a rule from God. This is from their their fathers, right? And so because of that, because of that, God gave Jeremiah this really interesting vision in this contrast and this comparison between the Rechabites who were not uh, his people, right? And the people of Israel who were his people. And do you want to take over the story from here? Yeah. So, I mean, basically God was like, here we have right before you, you have an example of this family who listened to their forefathers from like, and I don't, I don't remember how many hundreds of years that this tradition had been kept, but it had been several hundred years. And God's like, here you have these people who are listening to their forefathers for hundreds of years. And yet my very people who I have shown my strength to time after time, after time, after time, and going back to the parting of the Red Sea, you are not heeding my word. Like this is the contrast yeah. that God sets before them. And yeah. it really, when you think about it, it really is quite shocking. Yeah, the the Rechabites, they interestingly, in, interesting. I'm trying to remember this. They dated back to this is a story I thought about you. I thought about you. I thought about asking you this question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, a little bit of a Bible trivia, but it goes. It tells kind mm -hmm. of a, a little bit of their history. They went back to Moses's father-in-law. Oh no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I had a point. I, I know, you know what you're I'm, thinking now. I'm not you know gonna what I'm say thinking. It. All right, I'm I gotta find it. I gotta find it. I'll cut this out. Hold on. I gotta find it. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm thinking. As soon as I saw it, I had to tell you. Here it is, here it is, here it is. The roots of the Drechabites, they went back to Jethro, the Kenite, who was the father in law of Moses. Yes, Jethro, the father in law. What? Okay, that's that's further back than I thought. So here's the bottom line. We just went down a rabbit trail. It's been a while. Jen went down the rabbit trail and pulled me with her. Yeah, long time. All right, yes, let's move on. <laughs> what do we need to know next? I'm so distracted now by Jethro. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, who was the beginnings of the Rechabites. <laughs> All right, so what happens? What happens? <laughs> Start laughing. What happens next? <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to pull it together. <laughs> all right, all right. So, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna reel us back in, reel it in, reel it in. Okay, so Jeremiah tested the Rechabites. I don't even know he knew he was testing them, right? The way God instructed him to. I don't know if he knew he was testing them or not, but he was. They passed the test. And God used them as an example. So what does this have to do with anything right now? Yeah. Well, that's a really good question. And we move forward. to Yes. And we will move all the way forward to Romans 8 in just a second. Uh-oh. We got But I do want to say that God, at the end of this chapter, it says, therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, Jehonadab, son of Rechab, will never fail to have a descendant to serve me. And I, apparently this is just because they had so honored their forefather's word yep. that God was impressed with this. Like this was something that he thought was quite, you know, unusual. 
in men's behavior. And so his promise to them was, okay, you will never fail to have someone, one of your descendants, or at least one, to stand and serve me. So that's pretty significant, right? That's a really big promise, basically saying you're going to be a remnant. There's going to be somebody in your family at all times. It's going to be a remnant. Flip forward now to Romans 8, which is, this is where we're tying it into our study. Okay. Before you do Romans 8 and us, I want to say that I just am thinking, by the way. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Think out loud. Go ahead. (laughs) So here, so I am just thinking, okay, so God used these people, these people who we have established have been following this rule for about 300 years, okay, based on the dates, right? And they have not strayed from this these rules that they were given, okay? Right. Even though 300 years later, these people are not the same people that were actually received the rules to begin with, right? Yeah, and so they right. still do not drink wine. They do not build houses. They do not do all the things that it says to do, toil the, the land, whatever. So, so they're living in honor of their forefathers. And yet God's people, his people mm-hmm. messed up all the time. So unfaithful, so disobedient all the time. And so God used this example. And I'm just thinking before we even move on to Romans 8, I'm just thinking of what, number one, an encouragement that is <laughs> that God's people were so jacked up. Okay. But also how God used and an ungodly example, basically, to point mm-hmm. out their disobedience mm-hmm. and 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 how there is nothing beyond his sovereignty, I guess is what I'm thinking of, that there is nothing that, you know, that God does not use. I mean, so even things in our sphere of influence, maybe they're not doing things right for the for the biblical reason, but God can still point out our hypocrisy and our disobedience by looking at others' actions. And in this particular case, at least, he was so moved that he did. He redeemed basically these people and made them this promise. So I don't know. It just was really, it was such a big contrast. And I'm thinking in this day and age, how God uses all of creation for his glory. And we just have to, to recognize that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, and he, he obviously saw the honor that they gave their forefathers as a really good thing. You know, that's something that's, that's right. So flipping forward to, we're going to draw some parallels out from Romans 8. And this is verses 12 and 13, which says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. And so basically... We, we've been taking apart Romans 8 a little bit at a time. You guys can go back and listen to our previous episodes on this. But right here, what is being laid before us is that because of everything we have been given in Christ, and because we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us as believers, we are under obligation, but it is not to live according to the flesh. It's to live according to the Spirit that dwells within us and is giving us life which means he is enabling us to live the life we should live. And if, I mean, right off the bat, we should see parallels to this Old Testament story that we just read, because in the Old Testament, those people lived under obligation 
to a command given by one of their forefathers two, 300 years prior, you know, but here we are as New Testament believers, we have the spirit of God. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We also are under obligation. We're under obligation to submit to the spirit of God who lives within us. So right there, some of these correlations are pretty well stated and well established right from the get-go. Yeah. And I think just practically speaking, if we think about living in the flesh versus living in the spirit, of course, you know, the, we're talking about there's there's two two types of people, right? Those living in the flesh and those in the spirit, those that are saved and those that are not saved. But, and we do have the, you know, we have the the benefit of the cross and the Holy Spirit to help us with this. But just thinking kind of beyond that, about live about how we should like live from day to day, thinking about this example in the Old Testament and how challenging and difficult it must have been and how steadfast these people were in their obedience. And what an example even that can be. However, we don't have to just pull our bootstraps up and do it because we have Christ in us. And even if we do fail, like taking this analogy to the to the extreme, and we do drink the wine that we were told by our forefathers not to drink or whatever, even if we do fail, if we are trusting in the power of Christ on the cross, we can rest in the fact that he paid the price and the penalty for our sin. And in doing so, then it says, all who are led by the spirit are sons of God. So we are now sons and daughters of God. And I just think there's a lot of different layers, I think, to this comparison, but recognizing that there's no condemnation, as we mentioned in Romans 8, 1, there's now therefore no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So, so we don't need to think of these like as rules to follow. This is living in the spirit instead of living in the flesh. And that is trusting in Christ. So when we are trusting in Christ, we are living in the spirit. And yet we are given commands. We're given things to do that can only be done by Christ living in us. Philippians 4.14. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as believers, we have something so much more powerful than rules and, and the law. You know, the law is good, but the law does not. The law points out what's right and wrong. But what it is not able to do is empower us to live accordingly. Like that is where it fails. And so we we have something so much more powerful than just the law because we have the spirit of God, which Mm -hmm. indwells us. He is giving life to our mortal bodies. Again, that's found in Romans 8. But in order to really utilize the spirit, um, again, in Romans 8, verse five, it says, you know, we have to set our minds on the things of the spirit. Yes. You know, we cannot set our minds on the flesh or the things of the flesh because when we do that, then we live accordingly. So it really starts with where we focus our minds. Right. Right. And recognizing as you were talking about the law and and how we cannot follow the law that we now have the advantage and the benefit of knowing that Christ came not to get rid of the law as it says in Matthew but to fulfill the law. And so he is the fulfillment of the law. And so we now have Christ and the spirit of God dwelling in us. So it's a, it's a 
really cool thing to start thinking about the correlations. And and the and the reason we're even making this comparison is because Old Testament stories, these stories, they point to the truth of the gospel. All of them do. You can find that root of Christ in these stories. And in this particular story, um, I think it is very, it's very important to recognize that, yes, the disobedience of God's people, yes, the wrath of God in their lives, yes, the praise of the Rechabites, but also comparing all of that to the story of, of us now living in the flesh and able to to do the things that we're called to do because of the, of Christ in us. Yeah. And just as a final, I think, conclusion for us to realize no matter, you know, if if you're looking at the Rechabites and what they had to do, or you're looking at us and, and how we have to live to be submissive to the spirit of God in our lives, either one. Okay. There's, there's sacrifice involved. There's choices involved. You know, Jesus said, if you, are going to come after me. You must deny everything. You have to give up everything and follow me. You know, and and Paul, you know, he said I'm not going to run aimlessly, but I'm going to discipline my body so that I can win that prize. And the Rechabites are an example of that to us. They they said no to cultural norms, you know, they they had to give up you know, land ownership and, and, and certain other things in order to obey the, the commands of their forefathers. And that's what it is for us as a life of a believer too. We have to say, yes, I'm going to follow Christ. And that means I'm going to come out from the world and I'm going to be separate, you know, and, and I'm going to follow him however he leads me. And I'm going to submit to his spirit when he prompts me and and that means we're not going to be like everybody else around us. Right. I'm going to die to myself, my own desires, and I'm going to choose him instead. Yeah. 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 Be separate. Be different. That's right. Yes. Okay. All right. That's good. I know that we rambled a lot in this episode and we apologize for that. I apologize for that. I rambles particularly, but hopefully you got something out of it. Yeah. Well, we... Ha- we- yeah, we weren't sure which direction we wanted to go. And then we got kind of on the inside, <laughs> the inside track. Yes. <laughs> Reliving some old memories. <laughs> but go and read the story for yourself. Read the story of Jeremiah 35 for yourself. If you are in Sojo Academy or you want to study the comparison between the Rechabites and Romans 8, we are studying that in Sojo Academy right now. Go and join, come and join us, sojoacademy.com. And we would love to have you this month, every month. No matter when you're listening to this, we're studying something. And so we yes. would love to we love to study it with you and get to know you. And regardless of whether you join us or not, get into the word and hear from God today. Yep. That's what we want for you. All right. We'll see you next week. Oh, well, next week we're starting a new series. We're Are you starting- sure? Yes. Next week we're starting a new series. Mm. I know. It'll be May the 1st. Oh next, my goodness. I know. We're you're you're too far ahead. You're not thinking. Next week we'll no, we'll be starting no. a new series and we will be studying. Shall I tell them? I don't know. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Tell them. We're gonna be studying the book of Nehemiah as opposed to Jeremiah. <laughs> Nehemiah, which is actually one of my favorite books. And yes, and we're gonna be talking about how we will not back down. We will not back down. 
I love it. Based on opposition from the mission. We are a people on mission and we will not back down. And I am very excited about this series. So we look forward to seeing you next week or you hearing us next week, I guess. Comment below. Tell us who you are. Yes. Join us then. And we will see you next time. Bye. Hey, friend, it's Jen and AJ. And we have a quick favor to ask. If we have made you smile on this podcast or encouraged you in any way, or hey, if you're just a kind person, (laughs) will you take a moment to leave a five-star rating for this podcast? It takes just a second, but it helps others decide whether to listen to this show or not. Also, if you're on Apple, please drop us a review. We'd love to hear from you in this way. Thank you so much. And here's a virtual fist bump coming your way. (laughs) Fist bump. The Rechabites, they dated back to, this is a story I thought about you. I thought about you. I thought about asking you this question. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a little bit of a Bible trivia, but it goes, it tells kind of a a little bit of their history. They went back to. Oh, it was like Yahoo, right? It was like the days of Yahoo. Yahoo. If if that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) No, I'm thinking about Moses's father-in-law. Oh no, I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I had a point. I, I know, know what, what you're I, thinking now. I'm not. You know what I'm thinking. It. I, I gotta find it. <laughs> I gotta find it. I'll cut this out. Hold on. I gotta find it. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm thinking. As soon as I saw it, I had to tell you. Um, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. The roots of the Drechabites, they went back to Jethro, the Kenite, who was the father-in-law what? of Moses. Yes, Jethro, the father-in-law. What? Okay, that's that's further back than I thought. Yes. I thought it was like Jehu when he like took over, when he took the stand. Well, it was. Okay. It was. No, that, and that was the rule. That was the, the law. The, but the Rechabites came from Jethro. So I almost asked you, who was the father-in-law of Moses? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it, it, that was that's an inside joke that y'all don't need to. It, 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 yes, if that makes it to the podcast, that's totally an inside joke. No. Okay, so anyway, but no, 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 no. Later on, Jonadab, that was his name, Jonadab, who was an associate of Jehu or Yehu, whatever. And they later on did a violent purge and they said, you know, we got to get rid of all of our, all of our stuff. That was it, basically. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, I can tell you how far it was. It's 721 BC. That's when it was. <laughs> and we're now sitting in about 500 BC. 200 years. <laughs> okay. Why, why did we go down that rabbit trail? I know why I did. I went down the rabbit trail just to ask you that question. <laughs> I don't know, but you're probably going to have to cut a lot of that out. Because <clears throat> I'm going <laughs> to cut it all out. Don't worry. Uh. It's completely not relevant, but I okay. love the fact that I got a chance to ask you. But this, I just have to say it. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. Okay. All right. Let's get back on track. 